Oh, Lord, teach us what Isaiah means when he speaks about a righteous branch that will spring forth. Help us to see you in that word. In your name we pray. Amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are in an Advent sermon series we're calling Advent Mysteries. Mysteries. We're looking at things that appear in the Old Testament that point forward to the new and that find their fulfillment ultimately in Christ Jesus. Today's theme is the mysterious tree. Let me ask you, what comes to mind when you think of a tree? Perhaps it's branches and leaves and, and a trunk, the roots that hold that tree in place. Perhaps it's memories of having to rake the leaves in the fall or water the tree as a part of your childhood duties. Or maybe when I mention tree, you think of something completely different. Maybe you think of your family tree, your genealogy, the fact that you share traits with family members because of shared DNA. You think of your ancestry, your heritage, those kind of roots from which you have come. And obviously, this kind of tree has to do with our relationships with parents, grandparents, children, grandchildren, siblings, and so on. Well, 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah the prophet spoke about a tree, a tree that I am calling the mysterious tree. More specifically, Isaiah foretells that a very special branch will grow from this tree. He says in chapter 11, verse 1, a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. I have to tell you a little story about something that happened at our house this past summer. Well, for quite a few years now, we've had a a beautiful, rather large Chilean mesquite tree in our backyard provided wonderful shade on the back side of the house. But this last summer with the monsoon season, one night there were some extremely high winds that came between our neighbor's house and our house and just hit this tree at just the right angle and snapped it off at about the 15-foot high point. The entire crown of the tree fell. Thankfully, it fell away from the house. It fell into the center of the backyard. And so for the last few months, I've been out there with the chainsaw and other saws and cutting this tree up. Got plenty of firewood this winter, that's for sure. Shared some of that with my neighbor. And then, of course, had to finally cut the trunk down to be a stump near ground level. Well, this past week, Literally, I went out into my backyard, and this is what I saw. Out of that stump sprung a little branch. Hmm. New life out of old, you might say. 
And I just couldn't help but be reminded of Isaiah's words here in Isaiah 11.1. 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. We remember who Jesse is. That's the father of King David. And David, of course, had been promised by God that his kingdom would last forever. But generations later, it seemed that that kingdom had come to an end. The tree of David was cut down to a stump, you might say, in 586 B.C. The Babylonian armies came into Jerusalem and destroyed the city, destroyed the temple, and carried the people off in exile to Babylon. The northern kingdom of Israel had already been taken by the Assyrian armies. Yes, it seemed that Israel and Judah had been completely cut down to the ground. And Isaiah says to the people, Ah, but a shoot will spring up. A branch will appear. The prophet Jeremiah also referred to this branch. He referred to it as a righteous branch, the righteous branch from the line of David. Listen to the way that Jeremiah describes this mysterious tree. He says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord our righteousness. Now notice, this righteous branch would sprout from David's line. This would be a person. It says, he will do what is just and right. That branch from David's line, of course, is the very one who was born in his own ancestor's hometown of Bethlehem, the very one whose birth we are preparing to celebrate, Jesus, the promised Messiah. On the screen, you can see something of a genealogy of Jesus from Adam onward. It's interesting that in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, they each provide a genealogy of Jesus. Matthew traces his genealogy on Joseph's side, while Luke traces his genealogy on Mary's side. But the point of commonality is King David, the son of Jesse. David, who was born in Bethlehem. And though Jesus was born in David's town, Bethlehem, though he was born there, his parents, as you recall, didn't raise him there. They raised him up north in Nazareth. Nazareth, a rather interesting name because the Hebrew root word behind the name Nazareth, Natser, means branch, branch. Isn't it interesting that the righteous branch of which Isaiah and Jeremiah foretold who was born in Bethlehem would be raised in a town that has as its root word the name branch, Nazareth. And what did Jeremiah say again? 
Jeremiah said that this righteous branch would be called the Lord our righteousness. Hmm. A curious name for the Savior. The Lord our righteousness. Let's think about the significance of that reference to the Savior. The Lord our righteousness. Now let's be honest about our own selves. In and of ourselves, we humans are definitely not righteous, are we? We are not right with God. In fact, we come into this world not right with God. We have a sinful nature from the beginning, and all we could do on our own power is the wrong. We are truly unrighteous through and through in and of ourselves. And therefore, we are under the curse of God's law. We stand condemned by God's law because of our sin. But the good news is that the promised Messiah, Jesus, is righteous. He is holy and perfect. And out of love for people like you and me, Jesus came into this world precisely to solve our sin problem, to solve our unrighteousness problem. St. Paul describes exactly what the righteous one did for us. Galatians 3.13. He says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Here the word tree is used as a synonym to refer to the cross. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a cross. Jesus was cursed for us. This next photo, by the way, shows a tree on the island of Malta that at one point was struck by lightning some time ago. And if you can look at it carefully in the center bottom part of it, it almost looks like the figure of Christ hanging there on that tree. A reminder of what it is Jesus did for us. Concerning Jesus, St. Peter writes this in his first letter. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. He was truly righteous. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Friends, this is what that righteous branch came to do, to die in your place and in mine, to take our place as our substitute. The righteous one died for the unrighteous so that through faith in Jesus, we might be declared righteous in God's sight. Paul writes about this declaration of our righteousness in Romans 3 when he says, but now a righteousness from God apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Indeed, the law and the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah testify to this. He says, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Think about what that means. Though we are unrighteous, sinful people from birth, through faith in Jesus, the righteous one, he gives us his righteousness. He gives us 
his perfection. He wraps us in his perfect record. Now do you hear the prophetic words of Isaiah in a new light when he says that the righteous branch will be called the Lord our righteousness? He is our righteousness for he gives that gift to us. You know, your family tree is all about relationships, isn't it? It's about your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents going way, way back. It's about your own siblings. It's about children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. But the most important relationship of all that you and I have is that of being a child of God of being a member of his family because of what Jesus has done for us. St. John marvels at the fact that we are called children of God when he writes these words, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. You know, being, being a part of a family is having both roots and branches, isn't it? And being in God's family, we are rooted in his love. We are connected with all brothers and sisters in Christ of all time. We've been given the spiritual DNA, if you will, of our heavenly father. We are children of the king. We find our true identity, not in anything of this world, but in our relationship to God and our Savior Jesus Christ, being children of his. We find our greatest assurance about the future in him, knowing that we have an eternal inheritance awaiting us that no one can take away. And because of all that, we have real hope. St. Paul writes about this hope in today's epistle lesson in Romans 15 when he says, Isaiah says the root of Jesse will spring up one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. That's you and I, friends. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what you think when you look around the world today, but when I do, I see a lot of hopelessness. I hear it. I see it on the faces of people. I'm sure you have run into it too. People without a sense of real purpose and meaning in life. It's all just about the now. Many have concluded that this life is all there is. Once I die, that's it. Nothing else. There's not a lot of hope involved with that. In fact, there's even some who have come to the end of their rope who express the ultimate hopelessness and give up on life. It's rather shocking that the rate of suicide is on the rise among all generational groups, among teenagers, among middle-aged people, and even among seniors. The rate of suicide is increasing. There's a sense of hopelessness among so many. And friends, in Christ Jesus... We have a real hope 
that lasts beyond this life on into eternity. It gives us purpose and meaning for living now and gives us something to truly look forward to for forever. And we have the opportunity to share that hope with others. A hope that centers on Jesus, the righteous branch. I love this quote from Pastor Andy Stanley. Jesus is the hope of the world, and the local church is the vehicle of expressing that hope to the world. Do you believe that to be true? That's you and me. We are the vehicle that God has placed, put into place to bring hope to the world, hope in him who is the righteous branch. And so this Advent season leading up to the celebration of Jesus' birth, I believe affords us a great opportunity, the opportunity to share the message of hope with others. I invite you to do that. And it could be as simple as taking one of those invite cards and inviting a friend or neighbor or coworker to Christmas services where they just might get it for the first time that Jesus is their hope. The mysterious tree is no longer a mystery, is it? For it's all about the shoot from the stump of Jesse, the righteous branch, Jesus. Friends, find your hope in him and share that hope with others. Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, we will gather the offerings for the Lord's work. Would you also place your name and other information in the black registration booklet in the pew and pass that to your neighbor, please.